right into the word of the Lord. Come on, let's get right into the word of the Lord today. As we start our new sermon series today, The Takeover, part one, they already know. Our theme scripture is Joshua chapter one. I have commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed for the Lord is with you wherever you go. Father, we're asking that you bless us on the day and that you keep us and that you honor us in your presence, O oh God. Let the grace of God and the power of God rest in our life. Father, in Jesus' name, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thine sight. O oh Lord, it is my strength and my redeemer in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I simply want to talk about this. I want you to go back and look at this lesson on the day. I want you to look at several things. When you, begin to, when you begin to read the Bible, don't just read the Bible. I taught you how to read the scripture. The first time you read it, you read it for what it literally says. The second time you read it, you read it for who it's talking to in that particular passage or scripture. And then the third time you read it for how it will apply to your life and to those you're going to teach it to. Number one, you read the scripture for what it says. Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed for the Lord is with you wherever you go. That's what it says. Then when I read it the second time, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed for the Lord is with you wherever you go. Who is he talking to when he says that? He's talking to Joshua. He's talking to the Hebrews. He's talking to the leader that is now prepared to lead the next people. Then when I read it again, be strong, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed for the Lord God is with you wherever you go. What does that mean in my life? How do I apply what he said to Joshua in 2019 to my life and to the rock church? Did y'all get it? The Bible has everything to do with culture. The Bible is a book of liberation. Now here it is, godly liberation, biblical liberation, social liberation. The Bible deals with injustice. The Bible deals with all types of stories. Everything that you see going on in the world, there's a story for it in the Bible. There's a story for it in the Bible. Did you hear it? So when you read it the third time, it should apply to your life. How does this scripture apply to my life? That's why you got to go back and study it even after I preach it because you can never really take my word for it. You got to get it for yourself. You got to go back and study that word and look at it. Why is pastor saying be strong and courageous? What does he mean don't, don't tremble or be dismayed for the Lord God is with you wherever you go. How do we apply this word today? Let's look at it. Let's look at it. Joshua 2 verse 8 
It says, now before they laid them down, she came up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land have melted away. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. When we heard it, our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man no longer because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on the earth. He's now talking to who? Who's he talking to? He's talking to Rahab. And Rahab is talking to, to the two spies. The, 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 the textual backdrop here is that Joshua has sent two spies. He sent two spies versus Moses sent 12. Joshua learns a lesson that you can't send everybody that you believe has your back. Mm. Sometimes you got to limit the focus and you got to limit and you got to keep that scope of what you're doing. You got to send people who know and how to operate in what you assign them to do. He said, go and spy out Jericho. They went to spy out Jericho. The textual backdrop, the spies encounter a harlot. Rahab becomes a prominent political and intellectual figure that God uses to assist the spies. Y'all heard me teach it a couple weeks ago that sometimes, uh, uh, sometimes you might have to have the assisting of a harlot to help you get to your next place. Sometimes you might have to have people that you don't like and that you don't want to shake hands with and that, that you might want to slap in the face and they might get on your nerves. But guess what? They might be your Rahab that will get you to your next place. Mm, some textual observations. Rahab is the focal point of this entire passage from verses 9 through 14. Rahab is well informed of what God has promised the Hebrews. Rahab is fully aware of the capabilities of the power and the might of the Hebrews. And then Rahab is completely open in how she affirms the God of the Hebrews. What are some theological observations? Anytime you hear me say theological observations, I'm talking about God observations. Theos, God, the Word of God. God is known as a promise keeper to the Hebrews, verses number 9. God is connected to the deliverance of the Hebrews, verse 10, the A clause. God is given the title of being the God of heaven above and on earth beneath. When you begin to look at the Scripture You've got to understand that the scripture is supposed to speak to you. It's supposed to lift off the pages as if it's becoming a living and breathing thing immediately in your life. Let's get to the lesson. I want to talk about several things here. They already know. Somebody say they already know. The spies are sent to this place not knowing 
that they already know. There's some things that are going on in your life that you think that are secret and your enemy already knows. <laughs> you got some promises that God has already made you and you're thinking that nobody knows and you're going to catch people off guard. Somebody say they all already know. They already know. Nobody's going to be caught off guard that you're going to be successful. Nobody's going to be caught off guard that your marriage is going to make it. Nobody's going to be caught off guard that your children are going to live for God. Nobody's going to be caught off guard when you obtain and possess all of the promises that God has given you because they already know. Number one, what do they know about me? Here it is. She says, I know that the Lord has given you the land. What do they know about me? Number one, I know that the Lord has given you the land. This is Rahab talking. She has some spies in her house. And as she goes to hide them, she creates a conversation. Number one, by saying, I need y'all to rest. I need y'all to be cool. I need y'all to be calm. Y'all ain't tricking me. I ain't going to trick y'all. Let's just lay it out and let's just cut all the shade. I know that God has already given y'all the land. Y'all ain't sneaking up in here. I, I already know. She didn't say we. She said, I already know that God has given you the land. The promise and the word of the Lord is being fulfilled through the life of Rahab by her own personal admission of what she says. I know why y'all here. I know why y'all hanging around here. I know why y'all snuck over here. You, you think you snuck over here, but, but guess what? We, they, I already know why you're here. I already know why you're trying to lay low. The land belongs to you, and finally you've arrived. I already know that God has given you this land. Already know. See, see Rahab is going to be good in your life because Rahab is going to cause you to remain calm. Rahab is going to bring ease to your spirit. Rahab is going to cause you to feel comfortable knowing that you are in the right place. Joshua says, go and spy out the land of Jericho. If you know anything about Jericho, Jericho stands in between the, the Hebrews and Canaan. If you really want to get to Canaan, the easiest way is to go through Jericho. Mm, I know why you are here. Number two, she not only confesses, and your enemy not only says, I know that, I know that, that God has given you the land, uh, uh, but here it is. Uh, 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 what do they know about you? That the terror of you has fallen on us. And all the inhabitants of the land melted away. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, 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 what are you saying? We, we ain't never said nothing. We ain't never been here. But Rahab is giving them some, some, some crucial information that will allow them to remain at ease. Because the first moment, they're scared. Because the first words that they get, get to Rahab's house and find them and kill them. Rahab brings ease to let them know, I know why you're here, but here's what else we know about you. There's terror in the land. We're afraid of you. Oof. 
See, while you're thinking that the enemy has the upper hand on you, you need to listen to Rahab. They're already afraid of you. Before you even take over the land, and uh, the grace and the power that's on your life has already fallen. Terror, 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 terror. Do you know what terror means? It's not just being afraid. It means that you are crazy in your mind, afraid. That you don't know what to do. You're sleeping with nightmares. Uh, are they going to show up today? Are they going to show up tomorrow? Uh, 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 the terror, we have melted away. The power of God created a mindset of fear and terror within the people and the entire land. The fact that your enemy has already conceded in the battle, even before you arrive, says how powerful God is working on your behalf. Now, the theological observations had everything to do with God and not you. Did y'all hear that? That's why there's a theological observation. Because you got to understand that it's not you, it's God doing the work on your behalf because he's your God and he made a promise to you. But don't get it twisted. It has everything to do with God. The terror is coming from God, not you. You're just the vessel. That will reflect the terror. Oh, Rabbi. Have you ever walked in a place and the moment you walk in, people start acting funny? Have you ever walked in a place and the moment that you walk in, nobody wants to talk to you? And everybody goes in their corner and start whispering terror, 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 terror. They, they already know that you're coming. They already know that when you walk in the room, you're going to gain all of the attention and everybody's going to say, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? They already know that you're going to be successful. They already know that you're going to be the talk of the town. But you can never take this for yourself. This is God's doing. Here it is. What have they heard about you? What did they hear about you? See, it's one thing that they know something about you. But then to hear something about you. What did you hear about me? I heard that you did this. I heard that you did this, and I heard that you ain't doing this, and I heard that you getting ready to do this, and I heard that your family a mess. I, I heard that, that you such and such. And I, how many of you have experienced that? I, I heard, I, I heard. See, see, sometimes it can be gossip, but then sometimes it can be true for your benefit. Sometimes you want people to hear something about I heard what what did you hear what did you hear what did you hear what did you hear? you stuck up well I might be stuck up you arrogant I might be arrogant uh, uh you don't like talking to nobody I really don't like talking to nobody uh, you selfish yeah I am selfish uh I like having things my way and doing things my way sometimes the stuff that people hear about you is actually true and when you're able to declare that it's true you silence the mouth of your enemy it ain't your business of what you heard. No, no, no. Let it be their business. Because see, sometimes God wants people to hear about you before they see you, before they encounter you, before you come up in their face. God wants them to hear about you. Mm, he, he wants them to hear about you. Uh, what did they hear? What did they hear? They heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you came out of Egypt. That is so unfair. How in the world is a God going to move like that for some slaves? 
for some old raggedy people, for some people that nobody really care about. How is a God going to move like that? We don't even know who their God is. Their God doesn't even have a face, don't even have a name. They just call him the God of the Hebrews. How in the world? You, that, that just ain't right. That, that, that ain't right. Who is this God? He's strong and mighty. Who is this God? He's mighty in battle. Who is this God? I am that I say that I am. Who is this God? I'm Jehovah Nissi. Who is this God? I'm Jehovah Elohim. Who is this God? I'm the God that heals. I'm the God that delivers. I'm the God that fights for my people. I'm a promise-keeping God. Who serve a God like that? That gets away from, from a powerful army. The Egyptians should have been dead. Why they ain't die? Why they still around here? We heard. We heard how. They just didn't hear, but they heard how. See, that makes you more dangerous because there's a how. Oh, Rabbi, you didn't just hear that I'm getting ready to take over the land. You didn't just hear that I'm here. You heard how. God did it for me. Uh, he did it for me this way. Uh, he took me right through dry land. He took me from a place where they were chasing me and he got me to the other side. How? On dry ground. He opened up the waters. How? Because I serve him. How? Because I love him. How? Because I praise him. How? Because I love him. How? Because he's merciful. How? Because he has favor in my life. See, the how is what people harp on well how did they do it how they get their house how you get that gym how you and your wife doing what y'all doing and y'all ain't got no brand new car how y'all doing it Joya? how y'all doing it y'all ain't got a million dollars how God did it it ain't about me. God did it because I was wretched in my mind. I was stuck right there. I didn't know I was going to cross. But how did it happen? Moses stretched out his hand. How did it happen? He told me to get up and pack my bags and get across the sea. That's how it happened. I obeyed God. I did something that you yourself should be doing. I obeyed God. What did they hear about me? The signs and the wonders of God went before Israel in ways that they were not even aware of. You're not even aware of that people already know how God did it for you. And you walking around here sneaking. You walking around here keeping it hush-hush. You better know something. That you're getting all the attacks because people are worried that if God did it like that for you, and God made a promise that you're going to take this land. I can imagine what he's going to do when y'all get here. I can imagine when you finally wake up in your right mind and understand that they are already afraid. They've already melted away. They already know that the land belongs to you. The problem is you don't know what they know. And you're walking around trying to act like you all that and all that. But you don't know that your enemy is afraid of you. And you're staying away because you think that your enemy don't like you. And you think that your enemy want to hurt you. Your enemy wants to encounter you because they're waiting on you to show up. Waiting on you to show up. 
but you sit in your little raggedy tail that you get it by midnight, a little earth creature. You sitting there talking about, I rebuke the enemy on every hand, and I rebuke God. No, 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 ain't no rebuking right here. Get up. They already know you coming. They already know about your God. They already know you talk in tongues. They already know you fasting. They already know you tithing. They already know that you didn't do it for yourself. Your God did it. He got you through the Red Sea on dry ground. And you're still standing. Still standing. Thought they were going to shut us down last year around this time, but we still standing. Thought they were going to lock us out and lie on us and tell us that we did this, but we're still standing, still standing. They've been asking Graves, how you doing it? How in the world? God did it. God did it. He took us through on dry ground. They already know we're coming. They lied on us don't want to talk to us no more but so what you know that I'm here you know I ain't going nowhere that was a crazy place in our life that was a crazy place in our life gonna lock us out Easter weekend Palm Sunday and then laugh at us but we still right here we still right here we still right here ain't broke ain't dead we still alive and you still got the recognize that God is on our side God is on our side God is on our side he's on our side he's on our side ah, I feel the anointing of God I feel the anointing of God I feel the grace of God uh, sometimes you got to make a boast of the Lord in your presence. Uh, I ain't scared of you. Uh, I'm going to show up. Uh, my mind is at ease now. Now that you know I'm here, I can get to work now. We can get to doing what we need to do now. It belongs to me. What belongs to me can no man take it away. Stay with me, Rev. Stay with me, Rev. I'm Joshua, I ain't Moses. I'm coming for you. And I'm going to get you back for what you did. That's what Joshua did. He got him back. And he destroyed the enemy. There was a Moses anointing at one time. It's Joshua now. We ain't holding. We ain't holding nothing. You got to know how to fight. So number one, I know that the Lord has given it to you. Number two, the terror has fallen upon you. And number three, what did they hear about us? They heard that the Lord dried up the land. Number four, we heard what God did, what you did. See now, there is a God moment, and then there's a you moment. We heard what you did to the two kings of the Amorites, who were beyond the Jordan, whom you utterly destroyed. See, sometimes God wants you to get some credit too. God wants them to know that you just ain't some weak people. No, you're strong. We heard about how y'all killed two kings and not just killed them, you utterly destroyed them. Ah, y'all hear it? Uh, they destroyed them. I mean, they killed them, man. Like, I mean, like. There is no hope for the L.A. Lakers right now. LeBron James is being utterly destroyed right now. Lost to Milwaukee, got 
laid out, then lost to the Phoenix, just killed them last night. I mean, just utterly destroyed them. Ain't nothing even standing. Man, you might as well just chalk it up. Chalk it up. It's over. It's over. Y'all heard that before? The victories in the eyes of the enemy became so strong that they were amazed. Here it is. Amazed and astonished at how a small nation like Israel won and accomplished these great victories. See, the church has taught us to hate our enemies so much that we don't understand that our enemy has always been afraid of us. And because we've never crossed the Jordan with the right mentality, we've crossed, we've crossed the Jordan to prove who we were instead of just crossing the Jordan understanding they already know I'm coming. So I already know they mad. But guess what? They already know who I am. They already know that they done lost the battle because they said it. Their hearts have melted away. They already know how powerful our God is. So all we got to do is be who we are. Be who you are. Why are you trying to be something that you're not? Why are you trying to prove that you're big? You ain't got to prove who you are. Your reputation has already preceded you in battle. Knowing that your enemy has already acknowledged the power and strength of your victories in battle gives you the upper hand in how you approach your enemy during your moments of takeover. Here it is. I want you to listen at this note. Going into the battle, remain aware of your strength. Your, in, your enemy already knows what you are capable, what you're capable of. Stay focused on what has gotten you thus far. Worship. Prayer. The greatest attack in this church is going to hit us in three areas, I'm going to tell you. Worship, prayer, family. The three greatest attacks that are going to come in our ministry on a, on a consistent basis. It's never going to stop. The bigger we grow, the bigger demon we're going to have to deal with that's going to attack us in our worship, that's going to attack us in our prayer, and that's going to attack our families. Now that you know that, you should win every time. Now that you know the enemy is going to attack you every morning not to worship, He's going to attack you every day not to pray. And then he's going to attack you in your family. Because if he can destroy your family, he'll destroy you. He'll destroy your prayer. He'll destroy your worship and you'll turn away from God. And your families will turn away from God. And the rock church will turn away from God. He, he's going to come against the family in all types of ways. I don't know why, but I'm, I'm starting to understand it. I just don't know why it, he had always, why don't it hit y'all first? Immediately. Y'all not understanding. Immediately after I, after I start teaching on this worship mentality, it hit my house. No, 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 no. Y'all understand it. All hell, the hell, the hell from the pit of hell. From the bottom of hell, hit 57.13 before we got home. Hit me and my wife in the car. Then hit 
my children all week long and for two weeks hell had broke loose in my house because the enemy already knows that what belongs to the graves belongs to us and his deceptive attitude is to break me and her apart see I'm gonna let y'all be I'm, I'm gonna talk to y'all right now and I'm gonna be transparent we ain't got it all together we had a knockdown drag out argument I'm talking about it was awful it was after the presence of God after we had shouted after we had taken communion See, y'all sitting here acting like y'all are perfect. You know you got some issues in your house. You know you got some issues in your life. You need to talk about it. I'm talking about, shoot. We ain't speak. Went to bed mad. Say nothing. I'm laying it out so y'all can see. Because if you're attacking my house, I know what he's doing in your house. If he hitting my marriage, I know what he's doing in your marriage. If he hitting my money, I know what he's doing. I know what he's doing. I know what he's doing. Because if he can attack the leader and knock the leader off, knock his wife off, knock his children off, knock his daughter off, then what do y'all have? Because how can they hear without a preacher that ain't in sync with the heart of God? that ain't in tune with the heart of God. If I'm up here all jacked up, that's why you need to be praying for me. That's why you should be calling my phone, man, saying, Pastor, can I come and just sit with you and talk with you? Can I just hang out with you? Can I just encourage? We had a hell of a time over the last two weeks. We're on Tuesday night after we preached. Because y'all ain't coming to rock steady. Y'all a little tired, but y'all going to stop being lazy on Tuesday night. Y'all going to get y'all tail up and get the Bible study. But it was a God moment. He said, take the communion. Took the communion. Put it up here on the tray. And guess who was here? The four of us in the presence of God and Tierra. And we all stood in this circle. Tierra's like a daughter to us. She's part of our family. And we started telling her about the hell we had went through. When the last time you heard a pastor get up and tell you that after the Holy Ghost had fell, I lay hands on y'all. Me and my wife got into a big old argument. And we said some things and I said some things to her that were just ungodly. I'm, I'm going to make it so clean that y'all Negroes ain't got an issue to talk about y'all going to divorce. If you ain't going through what we went through like we went through, you need to stay together. I'm talking about we had it out. She ain't speak to me and I ain't speak to her. Didn't want nobody to say nothing to me. I sat on the couch. She went to her room. Finally, the Lord came and said, finally, the Lord said, so you're going to let it go like this? Man, leave me alone. I'm tired of being the one to make it right. Talking to you, man. Talking to the men. You're going to go take that communion. I said, I ain't walking in that lion's den. She ain't going to say nothing to me. Because if she say something to me, I'm going to go off again. And I already said my piece. And already pushed me to my button and made me lose it and, and, and made me feel like I just didn't lost my mind. But see, that's what the enemy's coming to do. He wants to destroy you. 
so that you will not attain your promise in integrity. I didn't say lose your promise. So that now you walk into your promise and you ain't got your family. You walk in the promise and you ain't married no more. You walk in the promise and all your money and, and your health and everything is all jacked up in your life. You walk in the promise and everything is all jacked up, but you got promise. You're living. Lord said, get up there and take that communion. I'm not doing it. Go take that communion. You heard what Pastor Nelson taught y'all. When you get in an argument, every married couple in here, take communion. Because when you take communion, you cannot be mad. Now, can I give it to you the Baptist way? If you do it, you're going to bring damnation to your soul. You're going to go to hell. You're going to bust hell wide open. I'm going to teach you the Baptist way. You touch that communion and you take that communion and you lying. God forbid that you don't wake up in the morning. Walked upstairs. What's that for? You know what it's for. So now you're going to play me like I'm stupid and my son's sitting right there. No, you stay right here. Let's take this communion. Huh? Take that communion. We took that communion. Still didn't help. But then my daughter went crazy. I went crazy. Like you can get out. You ain't got to come back. You can go wherever you want to go. God, see, if I can destroy the family, if I can get the pastor to come up in here and be mad, but what you don't know is I know how to go to God when I mess up. Because the moment that me and my girl started crying, I mean, the moment that we started fussing and I said all of the things, I, I immediately started crying and said, God, I have offended you. God, I, I, I lost it. Forgive me. And, and, I, and I'm breaking my family up and, and, and I'm going to cause my church and, and all of the men that are looking at, I begin to repent. See, the enemy don't know that you know how to do that even when you're wrong. See, God provides a ram in the bush for himself when you offer up the sacrifice. Who was the sacrifice? Me. Lay yourself on the altar even though you think you're right and do this communion. They already know. Y'all come in the church acting like it's all right. And you need to go to somebody and say, it ain't all right, man. This is getting on my nerves. You need to call your pastor and tell your pastor, look, man, pastor, I'm single right now. Summertime, these guys on me right now. I need you to pray for me because I got feelings. I, can I talk to y'all and just be real? Because this is what the Bible is all about. When, when you don't talk to anybody and you act like you got it all together and you only help people but you don't want nobody to help you, you are a hypocrite. You are fake. You ain't real when you can help everybody else, but you can't tell nobody else your business. You can talk to everybody else, but you can't let nobody talk to you. And you don't want nobody getting in your business because you're afraid of the mask being pulled down that you dirty just like the rest of us. You dirty just like your pastor. Because I was full of crap two weeks ago. I jacked up. We jacked up. And I'm talking about we came together as a family. As a family. They already know. Verse number five. I mean number five. How is what they affected? How is what they heard affected them? 
Their hearts melted and no courage remained in them any longer because of you. Number six, what do they believe about you? For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven, above and on earth. But I want you to go back to number five. Our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you. The moment that you show up, the, the moment that you show up, they've already conceded the battle because of you. Because of you. Because of you. Because of you. Their strength is broken. But guess what? A scared man is a dangerous man. A, a man full of terror is a dangerous man. Because even though no harm shall befall you, you still got to kick them out. <laughs> you still got to kick them out. And guess what the problem was? They got over there and they couldn't kick them out. Because the one who was supposed to be strong became the weaker vessel. Because sometimes stubbornness, when it should drive you to your destiny, it'll turn you around and make you want to go back to Egypt. The enemy knows how to be stubborn. He knows that his time is up, but guess what? He also knows that you got to get him out of the way for his time to be up. So he becomes stubborn and says, I am not moving. Oh, you're going to move. Because I'm going to worship. And I'm going to pray. Because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. They already know. Come on, stand on your feet. Come on, come on, come on. I need you to be real today. The enemy already knows. He, he already knows what's coming. He already knows what lies ahead. But he's going to be stubborn. 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 I watched Raymond walk in the room. I was going to call him today and be like, man, you must be in backsliding condition. I ain't seen you in church in a long time. But I know where he's been. Because for years, for years, the enemy has been stubborn to not allow him to reach his dream. But finally, at the right moment, the enemy has to move out of the way and allow you to come in and get your dream. Because guess what? He cannot handle the presence that's on your life. He cannot handle the reflection of glory that's on your life. And he has to move. His time is up. Wearing him out in that police academy. But he's there. Even when you get to a point where you stop being persistent, your promise it's going to persist on your behalf because the word of the Lord says this land belongs to you, period. All you got to do is stand there. Stand there. 
just stay there and wait on the Lord. Be of good strength and courage and wait, I say, on the Lord. Stand tall and wait. Stand tall and believe. Stand tall and have faith in your mind. Stand tall even though it's becoming stubborn in your life. Stay right there in the face and just worship. And one day you're going to wake up and it's going to disappear. And all you got before you is what belongs to you. The problem is if you never fight against the stubbornness of the enemy in your life, you won't win in your worship. You'll be an unactive participant that is empty, an inactive participant, unwilling to allow the presence of God to dwell in your life. Well, you'll have never-ending moments of nightmares and frustrations of not being able to achieve the relevant, innovative, sustainable, and kingdom-minded moments in your life. Lift your hands. Say they already know. All I need to do is shut up and hear what they got to say. They already know. All I need to do is shut up and hear what they got to say. Because guess what? What they have to say is going to be your tool of victory. We already know y'all ain't got no confidence. We already know you ain't got no courage. So all we got to do is come over here and do what God told us to do. Kill everything and don't leave nothing standing. Destroy it all. Don't leave no houses. Don't leave no cow. Don't leave nothing that looks like the stubbornness of the enemy. Kick it out of your house today. Kick it out of your rebellion. Kick it out. Procrastination. Kick it out. Poverty. Kick it out. In Jesus' name. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. If you lift your hands. We're in a moment of worship. A moment where the presence of the Lord is going to dwell in our hearts, in our minds. In our minds and in our hearts. Bless us, Father. Forgive us. Keep us. Keep us. In Jesus' name.